the whole chapter. Uh, it's entitled, The Law of the Lord is Perfect. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens, and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, revealing, uh, reviving the soul, and the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servants also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. <clears throat> Our text verse is verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. But a prayer as well, the prayer of David in verse 14 is our prayer as well. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The topic of our sermon this evening is the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, how do we know God? This is the central issue of Belgic Confession Article 2. An agnostic would say, I just don't, don't know whether there is a God. An atheist says there's no God. Muhammad asks from his followers a sword. Buddha asks for your will. Mammon, the idol god of money, asks all your time and dedication, your family, your strength. The world asks for your beauty, your glamour, and offers eternal youth. If we consider Hollywood, Lucifer, Satan, asks for rebellion and war against God, Jesus, and the church. 
What can we say in response to this? Why do you deep down in the heart of your being believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that there is a single and simple spiritual being whom we call God? As we confessed in Article 1 of the Belgian Confession, who do you confess to be your Lord and Savior? How can we know anything? And then the confession and the Word of God tells us that God is making Him known to us. That's the best answer we can give and confess. As worded in Belgian Confession Article 2, we know Him by two means. First, by the creation, preservation, and government of the universe. And second, He makes Himself known to us more openly by His holy and divine Word. Nature is God's general revelation. Nature extends to everyone. And the Word of God is God's special revelation. The Word extends to those who read and study God's Bible and who are enlightened by the Holy Spirit. Already it starts in Genesis 1. We read that God created the heavens and the earth that God made out of nothing that God spoke and it was there. And all that God created was good. This is something that we so easily take for granted. Especially if you look out in the mountains, how beautiful it is. The Lord's creation. However, King David was overcome by this all. And it moved him. To say in Psalm 19 verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. And the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Nature is God's handiwork. A beautiful book in which all creatures, great and small, are as letters to make us ponder the invisible things of God. Then King David describes how the heaven declares the glory of the Lord. Proclaims without an audible voice God's glory. And every morning and evening it sends a message to the world. The Lord has sent, set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber. Like a strong man runs its course with joy. It's rising from the end of the heavens and it circuits to the end of them. And there's nothing, nothing hidden from its heat. David looked to the heavens. Not a spiritual heaven where God's throne is, but the heavens of the blue sky, the night sky. And he clearly saw the glory of the Lord. He could see it in the blue sky with the glory of the sun. The clouds, the beauty of sunrise and sunset. He could see it in the night sky, the brightness of the moon, the stars the cloudy spread of distant galaxies. These together with their size, their awe, shouted to David and all who could see, the God who created all this is glorious and this is the evidence of His glory. His glorious in His size created something so glorious big. His glorious in His engineering, having created something that works so, together so well that the Lord Himself said, it is good. It is glorious in His artistry. 
having created something so beautiful. And His glorious and His goodness and kindness, having created for us all to see. Who cannot rejoice in the creation? And we should, like King David. Heaven and earth, with everything in it, created from nothing, through God's words. And He's my God, my Father. That means that nothing is too difficult, too impossible for my Father. For my God, nothing is impossible. He just says, and it's there. And He is for the sake of Christ, my God, my Father. He rules the world. And everything is under His heavenly and fatherly care. Isaiah 40 verse 26. Lift your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name by the greatness of His might. And because He's strong in power, no one is missing. Also, Jesus, who said in Matthew 10 verse 19 to 31, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and none of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. And so the father certainly cares about his people much more, that even the hairs of your head are numbered, and God keeps you in his hand. He protects you. He is true to His promises. And when we look to creation, God's work, when we look to the mighty ocean, the majestic mountains, the beauty of the sunset and sunrise, and how God is still taking care of everything, every tide, then we know this proclaims God's glory. God's majesty, God's providence. But God did not only create, He also preserves. God let all that He created continue to exist. God is not distant. He's actively in control of all that happens. We may ask what the value of creation is. The believer confesses in faith, that a creation and general revelation is the work of God. And when you study nature, when you walk in nature, when you wait, wait for the sunset, we glorify God that He is in control. We accept that everything is from the Lord's hand. That God's providence is the almighty and ever-present power of God by which He upholds us with His hand, heaven and earth. And all creatures, in fact, all things, not by chance, but from His fatherly hand. And we confess, Lord's Day 10, heart of a catechism, this make us patient when things go against us, thankful when things go well. And for the future, we can have good confidence in our faithful God and Father that nothing will separate us from His love. But unbelievers also look at creation. But without faith, faith which the Lord Holy, which the Lord for His Holy Spirit gives, and because it's without faith, it leads to error, false theories like the Big Bang theory, 
which is foolishness, even wickedness, according to Romans 1, verse 19 to 32. But for them there is also value in general revelation, because according to our confession, it leaves them without excuse. They have no excuse. God's power and divinity are still visible in nature according to, according to Romans 1 verse 20. And Paul told us this, because this testimony had gone through all creation, all men are now without excuse for rejecting the God who gave us such clear and beautiful evidence of His power and wisdom. Unbeliever will not be judged on what he does not know, but what he did know to be right and went against his own conscience and better judgment. But why is this special revelation? God's word, the necessary. King David gives the answer in verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. King David shifted from nature to God's word. God who reveals himself in creation to praising the same God for revealing himself in his word. It is if, as if David said, creation tells us so much about God and his providence, but a word tells us so much more. David said a law is perfect. It's reviving the soul or the spiritual life. It enlightens the eye, verse 9. And because God's word comes from a God who himself is pure and holy, the word itself is pure, without error. A pure God can communicate in no other way. Remember that King David wrote a psalm with only a fraction of what we have today, the complete word of God. This portion was not as glorious as what we have. But we can say with confidence that God's word is far more glorious than even King David knew. But he confessed already that this word reveals so much about God, about our own sin, our own need for salvation, the need for the Messiah. General revelation, nature, does not give us knowledge of sin doesn't tell us how this has affected creation and us. The general revelation nature does not give us knowledge of Christ and His Word. And how important nature as revelation may be, the greatest revelation of God is His Word. Nature, God reveals much concerning Himself. But yet God wants us to know Him personally. And his word speaks of his mercy, his love, his grace. And central to his word is salvation. Nature doesn't speak of that. Nature doesn't teach about Christ. Therefore we confess, second, he makes himself known to us more openly by his holy and divine word. As much as we need this, this life for His glory and for the salvation of His own. What is God's Word? It's God's message to His people and to all of creation. God spoke this message first through all the mouths of prophets and apostles. 
They were his mouthpieces, his messengers. And Apostle Peter also explained that God's word, and that the scriptures are more sure word of prophecy, which came from men who have witnessed the power and the glory of the resurrected Christ. That's 2 Peter 1 verse 16 to 19. And we as believers must yearn for the preaching of God's word. To what the Lord tells us in his word. Not the words of men, but the word of God. So says the Lord and nothing else. 2 Peter 1 verse 21. For prophecy never had its origin in human will, but prophets through human spoke from God as the Holy Spirit carried them along. And through the Holy Spirit, people The word of God was not an origin on the will of man, but a man spoke through the Holy Spirit. And the Bible is the word of God in a sense that it's God's revelation which came from God, was inspired by the Holy Spirit in the Bible's writers' hearts and minds. This is not stories about God. This is God's word. This was what Peter was explaining. When he said that the word of God was not based on clever invented stories. The apostles were eyewitnesses of Jesus' resurrection. They were in the mountains where, when Jesus was glorified. This is the doctrine of the apostles inspired by the Holy Spirit. And God's last word that he spoke, John 1. His word of accomplishment and fulfillment was spoken by God's only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And the word of God is his special revelation because it shows our need as sinners that we should come to Christ to know God. It shows our way to redemption through Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, God's word became visible for his children. And through the word, we learn to know God as the almighty God, but also as our Father, through His Son. In His word, we receive the promises of eternal life that we will receive if we believe in Jesus. We also learn that there was a cross where my sins were nailed on that cross. We also learn that there was an open grave and that Jesus is risen. Christ is the light of the world. The true light, the great light that makes day and rules the, the that makes day and rules the day. John eight verse twelve. He is the light of men and is to people's souls as the sun is visible to the world. The world would would have been without the sun a dungeon, and so would the world be without Christ in darkness. Christ is the sun that has light in himself. He is the fountain of light, Psalm 19, verse 4 to 6. And as true light, our Lord Jesus Christ cured our sin blindness, so that we can see in faith now clearly, Jesus is the way. 
Jesus makes us able not only to read, but to recognize the real author. And that's the Holy Spirit. And give God credit for all his works, also in nature. And on top of that, Jesus helps us to direct our thinking to knowing the great author of life and of nature. Our prayer should always be that the Lord should open our eyes for his book of nature. So that we can glorify God for his majesty. Give all glory for the Lord who is sustaining nature. Sustaining us. So that we can confess everything is in his hands. But also that the Lord will open our eyes so that we can see him clearly. For his words. So that the word should be a lamp to my feet. A light to my path. That the living word should revive our soul as David's soul was revived in Psalm 19 verse 7. What should we do? May your Bible always be open. Always be open. May it also be read. And the Lord will reveal himself to you as the only true God. Also, the Lord will reveal that we can trust in Him. That we can pray to Him. He gave us His Spirit to transform our prayers. And it's our responsibility to grow knowledge. To learn, understand how God reveals Himself in His Word. And someone who will grow in the understanding of God's Word will also grow in understanding the Lord's mercy. Know how the Lord works in challenging times that you maybe have to experience. He will also make us understand that suffering, Romans 8, is for our own benefit. The Lord will make it glorious in His time. But it will also increase our trust assure us that the Lord will come again, Jesus will come again and make a new heaven and a new earth. This is the hope we have. The greatest glory awaits us with the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. And He's coming soon. We can have all hope. I want to conclude. People and times change. God's word will never. If you are in doubt, seek your answer from the word of God. Pray about it. And found, find your joy in the Lord. Find your peace in the Lord, as we have heard this morning. The Lord assures us in his word that he will never abandon the work of his He's a rock and our redeemer. Everything started with him. Everything will end with him. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And remember Psalm 19 verse 1. That the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Amen. Let us pray. O heavenly Father, you revealed yourself to us through nature, but also through your words. 
And through your word we know that Jesus is the Redeemer. He redeemed us on the cross of sufferings. That we can hear the gospel invitation to come to you. All those who are weary and burdened. And you will give us rest. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for nature. We thank you that you revealed yourself to us so clearly. And that we can hold to the confession that you are the only God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.